पात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello everyone, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. We're cats podcast. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lovely, and I have a special guest star tonight. I'm handsome husband Jim. Yes. Uh, Rice was unable to make it tonight, and so Jim and I threw a podcast episode together kind of last second, Um, but it's a conversation that I've been having with a whole bunch of people because it's what's coming up in in 2020 uh, for horror that we're looking forward to. Yes, our foresight will be 2020. Oh. Ha-ha! (laughs) Ha-ha! such a dork. (laughs) Anyway, um, as usual, let's start out with uh, what have you seen lately? Oh, and this is going to lead into, oh, it's going to lead into some conversation, Jim. Is it? Because one of the things that we've seen lately is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. You know, I was, I was going to hold off on because this is a horror podcast. And, no, no, and, no. We and, talk about everything that we've and seen. And it's a horrible movie, but it's not, <laughs> it's not so, like okay. horror. So. I was horrified. <laughs> and, and it's, okay. So what I want to start out with is, um, what I will say is I try to focus on the positive um, with this podcast. Um. Uh, I know that there's people out there who really like to talk about their best and their worst. Um, But (laughs) I am going to talk about, I'm not going to, I don't, after having lived through The Last Jedi Mm -hmm. and the screaming online for people being terrible and attacking actors and ripping apart the storyline, I want to, (laughs) I want to approach it and say that, well, both of us walked out of it unhappy. Mm-hmm. We were both pretty unhappy with the story. And unfortunately, the longer time went on, we both kind of got even unhappier. The more I think about that movie, the angrier it makes me, yes. Yeah. Um, and kind of the most apt description that I have seen at this point was, um, you know, it had the little director's credit come up. Mm-hmm. And it yes. showed it as uh, directed by Reddit. It's directed and written. Written and by. Written by. Yeah, Reddit. Reddit. So what i'm i'm going to just kind of throw out what my complaints are really quick because i know that you have a lot more thorough things that um bother you as someone who has been a fan i mean i've been a fan of the films ever since they started um i'm i'm just a little too young to physically remember the first movie coming out i know people that are just 6 months older than i do remember all of the trailers and Mm -hmm. and even seeing it in the theater but i'm just just that little bit too young because i was born in the beginning of 74 and i just i don't remember it but to me star wars has very much been all my childhood Mm -hmm. like i very much remember you know every special um every movie that came out 
so what I will say, my complaints, my complaints are um, the fact that the characters were initiated by J.J. Abrams, Mm -hmm. like a lot of the ones that we're seeing in this film. And yet he wrote her, he who wrote it. I don't know who wrote it. He 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 was he part he, of the writing process. He wrote it because uh, there was originally there was a draft by Colin Trevorrow who okay. was originally supposed to direct. Okay. They t- apparently chucked that. So, oh, because so, because it would have been a continuation of. I, I I haven't checked up to see why. If anyone said why Colin Trevorrow was was kicked off the project, well, no, 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 no that's but, what I mean, but, but that movie would have been. More Theoretically, it would have been more of a continuation of Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, but he wrote it, and he, along with his co-writer, whose uh, most recent among his most recent screen credits are Batman versus Superman, that cinematic powerhouse of storytelling. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I know you didn't watch it. I didn't. I did. <laughs> it's god awful. <laughs> so, my complaint walking out of the other end of this movie is that his treatment of the characters and the writing of the characters none of them feel truly like the characters that we've grown to know over the last two movies and it, I mean he, he basically turned Poe into this like raging uh Bro. Bro. Oh, it's not the word I was searching for, but I don't think any word I am searching for is going to be used in polite society. Um, kind of this gross skirt chasing. Yes. They very where, much wanted you to know he's very heterosexual. You, I mean, you could almost hear the no homo screaming off of, off of this characterization. Yep. Um, and I think the things that really truly upset me is number one the treatment of kelly marie tran Mm -hmm. and they've come out with a bunch of reasons about why they have utterly and completely sidelined her um and none of them seem oh they're all bullshit they're all bullshit they all seem like bullshit um what really makes me sad in the movie is they have a couple of moments that are genuinely touching and heartbreaking and then even with things they do well um and it's For people who haven't seen it yet, it is just a story, a line and arc dealing with C-3PO, where there is a moment that they handle amazingly. I cried my eyes out, and then they roll it back. And you're like, you actually had something here that was touching and wonderful, and and then you're like, just kidding! (laughs) But there's just... There's a waste of so much with this movie where it just, it feels like a whole bunch of things thrown at a wall and nothing feels satisfying with it. So that's my take on it. Um, I just, I, I've grown to love these characters over the last two movies. The very best part of this movie in entirety is Lando. But it's just a really unsatisfying end to, to two really good movies that I and my daughter really truly loved and and this is such an and on top of it is the wrap-up of a bunch of stories that have been playing since 77 mm-hmm. and it's just a, a wah, wah wrap-up yes. to to a decades-long investment in these films it okay so anyway yeah. on it's so, on to you 
Um, in case you didn't know or hadn't known, we, we, we both really loved Last Jedi. So um, I'm going to preface this by saying if you didn't love Last Jedi, then maybe some of these critiques will not be for you. Uh, also, I think you're a terrible person if you didn't like <laughs> Last Jedi. That has nothing to I'm... do with anything other than Last Jedi was amazing and pushed the Star Wars universe forward into yeah. new interesting what areas. I, so what I'm going to point out is um, I got into like this. Really? Do you have to play with things right now? Apparently, yes, they do. Yes. Um there was a post on the Shockwaves fan group where they were pointing out that um, you, you don't have to be a misogynist to criticize the film. And it was regarding Black Christmas. But your criticism of the film can be misogynistic. Yes. You know, just because you don't like it doesn't mean, like, I'm so sick of, like, well, you say I just don't like it just because I'm you're saying I'm racist or you're saying I'm misogynist. No, we're saying the things you're saying make you either racist or misogynistic. And and I've talked so, to people so, who so you have... you dislike, yes. you know, The Last Jedi in a way that doesn't make you an asshole who's a misogynist and just a fuckhead. But, you know, a lot of... Oh, i got to move these toys. But I'm sorry, the words coming out of your mouth make you a fucking asshole. Mm, I mean, I've talked to people that didn't like Last Jedi and they weren't assholes about it. They were... They had... Like, legit complaints that they didn't like the characterization of Luke. They didn't like this because it was, you know, didn't fit their fucking, their vision. But you know, that's, Oh, my God. Everybody angry at he ran off to the other side of the universe to be by himself. Did you watch the first fucking movie? Well, Did you watch the second fucking movie? Because I'm sorry. Where was fucking Yoda? I'm sorry. Where was Obi-Wan Kenobi? They all fucking ran away. This isn't a grand tradition of men taking all their fucking toys and going home. And and this is... I'm sorry, that was really loud. Star Wars is at its core a space opera, so it... Uh, nothing is done in small th- amounts um, that, you know, oh, well, Luke would have... Maybe he would have been sad for a little while and then he would have rallied and gone off. Well, you don't say that off screen. You don't show that as the right, you know, like, well, yeah, he, he was sad for a while and then he rallied. And now he's back. And you don't do that like off screen. You show that in the movie. And also it's a melodrama. It's space opera. You don't have him go off for 10 minutes and do some primal scream therapy and then come back refreshed. You have him and go honestly, away was, for a decade because it, it's yeah. a broad. And it was a grand fucking arc for him. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, Ryan Johnson uh, responded to a guy and basically said, cause somebody was like, you know, this is why you, you screwed up Luke. Uh, he already did all these things. He, he was victorious and, and had now become a Jedi and was beyond such things. And Ryan basically said, you know, I, I, that's fine. I disagree with you because I'd, I'd rather human uh, human existence is not like a video game. You don't unlock a skill that says now I'm not going to ever be angry or afraid again. Uh, human existence is a struggle. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't use these exact words, but human existence is a struggle and you don't you, you always have to fight against these these bad things that, you know, you if you had some kind of bad experience in your life. You're always, you're, you're not ever going to just say, I am now healed. I am over this thing. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to keep working on it. It's really always going to be pay- there. 
really fucking painful childhood and I've been going to weekly therapy for mm-hmm. like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And my therapist notes all the time like how much amazingly better I am than when I first started because I was one giant PTSD reaction when I first got in there. It's a process and it takes time to heal from from deep wounds. Well, you're and honestly, you're like two lightsaber fights away from unlocking the ability to just be over all of that. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, you, you covered a bunch of it and I don't want to, you know, super dwell on Rise of Skywalker in this. But, but were there any important points that you felt? The movie, the problem that I have with the movie is that uh, is there, uh, at its core, there are several problems. Uh, as you touched on, anything with like emotional heft to it or like consequences didn't count. They pulled those back. Um, they didn't even give you the time to like really even no feel any of the strong moments. So it was just like rushing on to the very next thing. Yeah, and and, and I think a lot of people's theory in this is that he was like, "Fuck that second movie! I wanted to do those two movies, and I'm going to squish them both mm-hmm. into this That's film." A, that so, is a theory. It does feel like a giant temper tantrum from J.J. Abrams that he didn't get to that Ryan Johnson took all of his little mystery boxes that he loves to put out there. Oh, why is there a polar bear? What's with this hatch? You know, the smoke monster, all this stuff. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's it's Alice and Janney. That's what it is. Uh, you know, the, the payoff for J.J. Abrams. It's a very J.J. Abrams third movie. J.J. Abrams loves to create these mystery things. Oh, what's this? What's this? Ooh, let's speculate. Ooh, that's so wonderful. And he creates broad stroke characters that are just like, oh, they're... Finn's got about two emotions in in Force Awakens. It's a first movie. That's fine to be just like have one note characters. Look at Star their, Wars. Star Wars, the yeah, first one. If you allow the growth as, yeah. it, as it goes on. You, they have like a little arc, you know, a little bit of growth and they go forward. Um, and, and then you get in the second movie, you know, you develop them further. But it's fine. J.J. Abrams is fine for the first part of it where he sets everything up and just says, ooh, look at how spooky and and these wonderful mysteries that I've uh, put out there for you. And Ryan Johnson just went, yeah, well, J.J., your your mystery boxes are bullshit. And and threw them all out. And J.J. Abrams, it feels like, had a temper tantrum. It was like, well, fine, fuck you. I'm going to do my mystery boxes anyway. And it was bad. Um... Anyway, so briefly, the the problems that I had with it is uh, I'm not even going to touch into, like, the Star Wars nerd stuff about, like, oh, hyperspace skipping and and how dumb and it all is. Uh, But if you think that the beginning of of Rise of Skywalker and hyperspace skipping is A-OK, but you are pissed off about uh, Holdo's hyperspace ram... You're a bad Star Wars fan. Uh, I'm just going to state that because Holdo, the maneuver, actually works inside canon. And I will be happy to explain that to anyone at length, how that works and why it works uh, and why it only works in that one in that one particular situation. Uh, he supported everything that he did. He, he did. Ryan Johnson citing. supported everything in there and explained it. And and, and people were like, you pulled this out of nowhere. And he's like, uh, no, this like 
yeah. look at this book that and talks about like the rumor is that Ryan Johnson worked very closely with the uh, the whatever the canon group is the people that decide what's canon what isn't uh, yeah. for for Star Wars for Disney but what uh, can I but JJ Abrams didn't yeah. apparently the rumor is that Bob Iger just basically said go for it do whatever you want and he yeah. just did but if you have a problem with hyperspace with with Holdo's thing and not hyperspace skipping hyperspace base skipping actually does break the established rules of the universe like they st- established in the first one it's not like dust and crops you can bounce out and do all these things and it, yeah anyway so that's not getting I <laughs> i'm did, not gonna go there until i've I gone did, there because again this movie makes me angry <laughs> I know, baby. on multiple levels so i'm gonna stay away from the other stuff that's like that okay and i'm gonna say right off this movie had some clever moments because jj abram stuff always has clever moments um, there's stuff that's between Kylo Ren and Rey, again, not getting into any spoilers, where they they work off of their their force connection that they had in Fort Last Jedi. And there's some some interesting tweaks that are onto it that I really liked that are really clever. There's some other stuff in there that's that's fun and, and neat and some heartbreaking moments, but they're few and far between. And the the narrative the either. narrative of the movie is terrible that it's it's just bouncing from one place to another it yeah. has there's nothing plausible they have a MacGuffin in there that makes no sense whatsoever like any thought about this for for more than you know two minutes and you realize how bad it is all right we have to wrap this up <laughs> that's what I'm saying it's, uh, there's there's that seventeen the, minutes Jim yeah the narrative <laughs> well and you yeah, I've only been talking for three so the <laughs> The narrative is bad. It's a bad just Star Wars movie. And the biggest problem that I had about it is that that movie is the end, not just of the the, the Skywalker saga, but also it's the end of the new trilogy. And the new trilogy... Deserved better. It not only deserved better, but uh, the... the we took, we took Tekla to go see it. I watched... The original Star Wars in the theater. The first one I saw, I was I saw it as a double feature: Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. My dad took me; it was awesome. Um, they're like people after that are younger than I am. They grew up with the prequels, and uh, I'm those sad. Are their, those but are, those are their movies. Yeah, you know. So there's people that have absolute love for the prequels because those are their Star Wars movies. This was our daughter's Star Wars. Yeah. This was her trilogy. And this film takes that away. And and this this film they they after the last Jedi and listening to the you know 200 guys on the internet that are just really loud, they played it safe. They played it safe. They went back on a whole bunch of stuff that could have moved it forward past what it needed to to give it back to the fans and give it to her. And they didn't. They gave me a hand job. Yeah. They they that movie was made for me, the forty year old Star Wars fan, and not for her. And it should have been made for yeah. her instead of you know. There's one thing to have fan service for me to be like, oh look, there's that guy or yeah. there's that thing. But this was her. This was her series, and, and, and it should have been for her. It the, the characters were in there. The characters did stuff, but it 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 was not worthy of her, and it makes me sad uh, that they that they. Played it completely safe, and in doing so, didn't like they didn't please anybody. Yeah. Like the people that hated Last Jedi don't his really like first, this one. His first comment was, "Well, you can't please anybody, everybody," and it, it just should have been, "You can't, 
you didn't please anyone. No, you 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 didn't try to please. You, you tried to please a magical person, and they don't exist. The people that hated Last Jedi are the best that they say is like, well, this is an attempt to bring it back, but it's not really there because it's just a bad movie and they don't like it. Um, but they, they they weren't going to like it to begin with because they thought the franchise was ruined. And the people that really loved Last Jedi, you just took a steaming dump on them. And yeah. there we, I'm not going to say they, we are not happy because you took a steaming dump on us and you just didn't please anybody. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's sad. It's unworthy. But we have the Mandalorian. So that is what I was going to bring up and things that are wonderful in the Star Wars universe. Um, we have whipped through the entirety of the Mandalorian and it makes me so really happy that Tekla is veering away from stuff that is kind of spoon fed to her mm-hmm. children's fair um, because I didn't think she'd really be into it. But literally she had friends at school that were like, oh, my God, have you seen The Mandalorian? It's incredible. And we'd already seen like the first two or three episodes. And so we rewatched them again with her, um, which was, you know, no sad plight on our part to revisit them and then watch through the entire series with her. And there's just not a bad goddamn thing about it. It's just a fucking blast i mean the the only thing you could say early on because there was a problem was like are there no women in this universe Do women not exist here <laughs> but i will say this it it it's it's not in gender parody territory or anything like that and i don't think it ever passes the Be- bechdel, bechdel test, test. Uh-uh. uh although i think gina carano's character in the, the in the the uh was it cara something cara dune and the the forge the forge yeah. woman have yeah, yeah. have like a couple of lines to each other maybe yeah so kind of maybe mm-hmm. Bechtel but regardless like they are competent they are yeah. strong characters and, yeah. uh, and and it's just it, awesome it's kind of you know I mean yes the first couple of episodes and I remember looking at Jim and it was like they're, they're just literally you know where, where are they they're one but she's got a big helmet on and you know where no other women yep <laughs> Um, I will say this about Rise of Skywalker. That's also another positive thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were so many female stormtrooper voices in there. That's like awesome. when the the stormtroopers were running around, I would say about half, 50% yeah. were women. Like you'd awesome. hear women yelling, stop the move, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. And then they'd get blasted because ah, they yeah. can apparently yeah. just get shot all the time. But yeah, they, <laughs> they, they that was one thing. That was one thing that was really nice about <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but the uh, Mandalorian is just just absolutely fantastic, and it's it's kind of hard to complain too much about you know like where where are the women when it is such a small cast? It's a very mm-hmm. small tight cast and a very small tight story with a, um, with a bunch of rotating characters coming in and out. Yep, and just absolutely heartily recommend it. Uh, it yes, you should you should go watch the Mandalorian. I have spoken. <laughs> I still want to just incorporate that into everything I talk about. Um, a movie that I kept hearing wonderful things about that I just watched um, is Dolomite Is My Name mm-hmm. uh, with Eddie Murphy. And he was just absolutely wonderful in it. Wesley Snipes is absolutely wonderful in it. Um, and I don't know why I waited this long. <laughs> I think it could probably because it has such a comedic bent. Mm. I was like, because, you know me, I don't like comedies. Um, but it was just fantastically done and it, it was a great, just good it's a really fun little movie 
And I love I love movies like that that are about someone who's supposed to be past their prime and supposed to be passing things on to the next generation because you're not supposed to be a success by that point anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the things that I really loved about Rocky, which Rocky's such a problematic movie now. Um, But that's what I loved about the very first Rocky that you completely forget about with all of the sequels. But the first one is really about a, a boxer who wasn't supposed to have any success at that point because he was just considered to be too old mm-hmm. and he hadn't had enough successes. Um, there's an old uh, Ernest Borgnine movie called Marty and he's this, you know, 30-something guy who's still living with his parents um, and is just a schmuck. And there's just something I love about movies like that that they're not supposed to make it at that point. They shouldn't because they've they've had their time and, and they didn't get there. And then they do, and it's just, it's, oh, just my heart, <laughs> my heart. Um, is there anything that you've seen without me? Well, I watched Siren, because <laughs> uh, it finally popped up on Netflix, Siren being the spinoff from VHS. There was the short called uh, Amateur Night, uh, and uh, that's they, they did put that into a movie. Um, I saw a bunch of people that were like, oh, this is a fresh take on the horror, you know, the monster movie genre. Oh, it's, you know, one, possibly one of the best movies of 2016 or something like that. And I don't know what movie they were watching. Because <laughs> they, they, the movie was cheap. I mean, it, it's fine to have a low budget, but like this movie for, for being a, something released in theaters Oops. was a, a cheap movie. Uh, it looked cheap. It sounded cheap. It, it, like they, they just and it never elevated past that in a lot of ways um, it I don't know, it just it never grabbed me the acting is not great I didn't like pretty much any of the characters um, and, and that short absolutely grabbed the both of us because yeah. it was something we kind of bonded over right, when we first started dating is the, that both of us were like yeah the short is really good and the one like the main character the guy that's like oh he's the the, the bachelor out on his bachelor thing and he's trying to be still completely faithful to his fiance, you know, while everybody's trying to pressure him into doing debauched things or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, but this guy is a goon. Like he's, he's, he's such a bunch of bros. Well, it's not only a bunch of bros, but it's just like, this guy is unrealistically like a nice guy. Like he's, it's just, there's, there's barely a flaw in him is the problem. He's, he's, he's just, his flaw is that he is so pure. Yeah. And it, it completely contrasts. It's like, why is he hanging out with these guys? Why are these guys his friends when yeah. he is, you know, why is he not hanging out with Mormons is, <laughs> is the question. Um, it, it's just a, and it's just a bad movie. I love it. They retained the actress that plays the, uh, the monster. Um, apparently against the studio's wishes, they really wanted to have somebody else in there and yeah. they fought really hard and said, no, it's got to be her. So they kept her. She's great. She is, she does what she can with that material. Unfortunately, you know, she doesn't have many lines, but she, yeah. she works it. And the other thing that was too, is that it's like, they, they go to this super debauched kind of Satan-y uh, uh, <laughs> house out in the woods that's a that's a nightclub kind of thing. It's a strip club and they're brought out there because it's the real deal. Um, and it just felt like a really missed opportunity to me because I'm like, oh, look, there's more strippers that are all women. You know, if this is supposed to be like such a debauched place, like why aren't there some dudes? Why, yeah. you know, why isn't there more of a variety? But it was really just like, 
it was it was really a bro's idea of what's like kinky or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, leather masks, you know, that's hot. And they were really just just jackasses at the first strip club that they went to because they're like, oh, these this place sucks, you know, and, and let's drink until they're hot. And it's like the women that are on stage that are doing their that because all the women get naked pretty much in this movie. It's but they. All the strippers doing their gyrations. They're all hot. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to... I got the introduction to it that this place sucked because it shows them sitting in front, you know, facing the stage, and all of a sudden a stripper thuds into the view because she slid off the pole. And just like, instead of having a graceful landing, she literally just thuds in front of them. It's like, yes, this is not a great strip club. I get that. But then they were like, yeah, they're all not hot. And I'm like... No, they're all they're pretty. Hot. They're all pretty good looking. I don't know what you're. You know, maybe not by Hollywood standards. Anyway, yeah. wasn't a great movie, uh, and predictable. And uh, yeah, it was just it was, it was no no watch watch that part of VHS again because it's way better than that movie, and you don't waste as much of your life. <laughs> uh, for things that I've seen, uh, finally watched Moon. Mm-hmm. Which we've, Moon. we've been talking about for years and I don't know why I mean I just I had heard it was really highly recommended and I knew Duncan Jones had directed it and I just it was one of those movies that you know you keep thinking I should watch and you just don't and I really really enjoyed it um, I found it both tense and sad and uh, Rockwell does an amazing job with these different characterizations mm-hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed it and I, I don't know I mean I'm sad I didn't watch it earlier but I'm glad I watched it now yeah I mean I, th- I think honestly you just say Sam Rockwell was really good in this and it doesn't matter which what? movie you're talking about he's just a really good actor you know he's yeah. he's the best thing in the Poltergeist remake hands down yeah yeah it, it, Moon is also yeah quality you should go watch it it's it's Probably long past spoiler dates, but I'm not going to spoil anything in that no. movie because that movie is just so good. You yeah. should, if you haven't watched it, go watch. And not Moon. a terribly long movie either, no. so it just takes you know a little while to knock it out. Uh, in Jen's documentary corner, I watched the Apollo, which is uh, the history and story, and they do a ton of interviews of the history of the uh, of Harlem's Apollo theater and um, kind of walking people who might be unaware through the process of like how the amateur night works. Um, and it was just a beautiful, touching reminiscence about how important that was for such a long time and how it eventually became a historical landmark and how uh, they're keeping it afloat. Because uh, from what I gather, it was uh, quite the money suck after a point. Um, the guy who ran it the last couple of years, like literally lost just, I think, millions of dollars on it. Um, but it has an importance and it should be preserved. Um, and it was a really touching documentary to watch. Um, we saw, we had our very first, um, horror movie Friday Mm -hmm. and we showed, uh, Annabelle comes home, came home to our house. Yes. (laughs) And it's just, it's just a good movie. And I remember seeing some stuff on the internet where people were like, uh, boring and just doesn't, isn't good enough. And, you know, I I don't know what movie they watched. Yeah. Not the best part of the Conjuring universe. And I will still so heartily stand behind those being the most perfect presentations of, of teenagers that you really felt were authentic and, like anytime you see teenagers in horror films and you're like, oh my god, you're such fucking idiots, I hope you die. Like, even when you're seeing them do incredibly stupid things, 
it's understandable why they do them. And they, they give them all believable. They're believable, well-rounded characters. Yep. Their motivations exist. And it's, you know, they, they kind of involve a lot of different stories in them. And they still all kind of manage to be really creepy. Yeah. Well, and the thing I said <laughs> at the so time good. when we were rewatching it was I had forgotten how just tense that movie was. Like it gets into the second act and then it is just nothing but tension all the way till True. the end. Yeah. Just, and it does not let up because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh God, I, I remember this part. This is, oh, this is terrifying. Oh, this is spooky. And it never stopped. It just kept going and going and going. I'm like, I'm I'm a clenched muscle. Like, give me a moment of, and they have like a little joke moment or something like that. It'd be like, okay, that that let a little air out, but then it's right back in there. And I'm clenched. Uh, I think also the one of the most fun things is one of the the new people that we had there, who's um, they're younger. They uh, and just hearing shit from the, from the back of the room. You're like, oh, yeah, got him. Yeah, and it wasn't like a jump scare. It was a creepy, his movie excels at a lot of just creepy moments, especially with the Annabelle doll. Nailed it. Um, the uh, But just one of those creepy moments where the just slow reveal of the doll and just hear, shit. Um, in a children's fair, we uh, watched Dora and the, and the last, uh, and the lost city of gold. Mm-hmm. And I only bring it up because it's so weird. It is just the oddest little film. It is it is both funny and sweet and childlike while being occasionally really surreal because it's, you know, young teens and and going through the jungle and it's an action film and yes, he's snoring. <laughs> and but every once in a while she'd almost go into Dora from the cartoon mode. Yes. They they try to bridge that Dora from the cartoon exists because that's what she was doing imagine in her imagination as a child. But she still has that. Like she still has all of those ticks and all of those things. And then yeah, it's it's this weird like it's like no, this is real life. Those things don't you don't have a talking backpack in real life except then it kind of goes back on that a little bit and it's like wait a minute. Why is that happening? What <laughs> is go- what is going on here? <laughs> and Danny Trejo. Oh, yes. thank you. Yeah, just just bless what, you. Sir. What is even happening at this moment? <laughs> it is. It's 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 kind of ridiculous and almost like. <laughs> Decla watched a little bit of Dora when she was really little. I've never and seen it, it, it but it almost, I, I understand. It, you could the... tell it almost struck her as being just a little too weird. Yeah, <laughs> but it, was, it is. But it was interesting. It is a wonderful movie in, in for people that like their their children's movie just a little off kilter. Yeah. So. Uh, and we've also been watching. There's a new Steven Universe season called uh, Steven Universe Future, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different than the original series, but it's, it's still really good. I'm still crying all the goddamn time. Cause it's it's very different because they're. I, it, I, oh my god, you two, stop! It absolutely feels like this is probably the final season. Yeah. If if not, then maybe they've got one more in them, just yeah. like to wrap. But it, we noticed. I mean, I don't know if. If I don't think Tekla noticed it all, but we noticed that they really got to have cut their budget because while they'll show characters that you're very familiar with from the original series, but none of them speak. Yeah, so which is weird because like there's a big moment and then 
like only two people in the scene yeah, talk, like, and the other ones are just standing there, like making making faces, going you know, like giving reactions. They'll have face, them no grunt speech. or or something yeah. like that because you can <laughs> cover anything with just like you know anybody can sound the, like that person. But yeah, they're I think their budget got whacked way back on this yeah. one, so they're they're not spending as much money. Yeah, in the same uh, kind of feel good vein, um, after uh, watching through the entirety of the Great British Banking Show, I'm watching a new show called uh, The Repair Shop, mm-hmm. which I think I talked about in a season, but I, uh, in a previous episode, but I, I wrapped the entire series up and I've just started watching it again because um, it kind of fills that void of, of British people being very sweet mm-hmm. um, and uh, repairing things that make people cry. I guess that's just my jam. Um, in great television, uh, we've been watching uh, the latest season of The Expanse. Yep. That is, Do you mind? That is solid TV. It's just amazing. Uh, to, 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 to do, I've started watching Evil, which mm-hmm. is on CBS. It's kind of a um, religious, religiously supernatural kind of procedural um, called Evil. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's got, um, he's got just Mike Coulter. Bland, it's got Mike Coulter, whose name I never remember. He's Luke Cage. He's Luke Cage. It's a... Uh, uh, Emerson from uh, both uh, Person of Interest and Lost. It's got uh, Asif being... Mandvi from from The Daily Show, and also he was in uh, uh, Unfortunate Events. Event series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah, and it's just really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's not straight horror, but it's got a definite horror bent. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I watched. You know, I watched a few bits of it here and there when yeah. I was going in and definitely out. And gonna... It's definitely you know, there's creepy stuff happening yeah. in there. So. Yeah. So. Especially on you know network TV, but you know it's yeah, still surprising. Yeah, and the last thing that I was going to bring up was uh, I finally wrapped up all the available seasons on it. And it's a Welsh kind of noir, modern neo noir uh, called Keeping Faith. Uh, this woman uh, kisses her husband, uh, sends him off for his day, and he disappears. Uh, and it's almost. Not story-wise and how it reminds me, but it kind of, as the uh, the series progresses, uh, it's a lot like Lake Mungo and how well do you really know your family and, and how deep are people's secrets. Um, and an interesting point about that is it's filmed in Wales uh, and they record two versions of the show, one where they are speaking English and one where they are speaking Welsh. And it's got um, the woman from uh, Dear Fucking God. Can I help you? <laughs> uh, it has got the woman from um, Torchwood. From Torchwood, um, Miles uh, is the lead actress. Eve Miles. Eve Miles. Uh, and if you like noir, neo noir, and just a, an interesting kind of um, underworld, uh, what do you know about the people you love? Uh, story. Uh, it's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. Uh, so the last thing that uh, I think of that we didn't talk about in like the for me anyway that we didn't talk about on the the year end, um, I had kind of a Christmas miracle. Uh, there was a TV show that I really really loved. Oh, and yes. uh, I had heard that it was uh, written off uh, by as a as a loss by Cartoon Network, and so it would never appear ever again. And I had low low definition uh, rips Recording, of it yeah. on on a hard drive. 
but it appeared on Netflix, and uh, it in was all of its high definition. Yeah, it's glory. it's one season. It's done by Gennady Tartakovsky, who also does that uh, Samurai Jack, which is what you would know him from. Uh, but it's a show called Symbionic Titan. Uh, it is a, a show about uh, some aliens that flee from an invasion on their home planet, and one of them's a princess, so the other two are there to protect her. Uh, they flee to Earth uh, and have to assimilate into Earth culture to hide. Uh, and then, of course, giant monsters come after them to attack them, and they discover that all of their the two one of them's a robot, and the other two have battle suits that they can uh, form around them that they can all merge into one giant robot called Titan. And, you know, then they fight, fight them the off. monsters and, um, and protect the earth while they're staying here. Yes. And uh, it's, it's crazy. It's got like a weird uh, uh, super Sentai, you know, the power Rangers kind of homage in part of it. It's got uh, secret government agencies. Se- yeah, secret government. The, the army's a bad guy, and they, they're you know. Then it's high school life because of course they're teenagers, so they have to go to high school. Um, so they're navigating that, and it's just heartwarming and charming. It's got like some Voltron in it. It's got all sorts of crazy stuff. It's, but they're the characters are all very sweet, and, and even even like the characters that start out kind of nasty. You like, you you evolve. understand them yeah, like you you again you, you you realize that why they are the the way that they are yeah. and they they yeah they evolve they improve over the course of it with their their interactions and it's it by turns heartbreaking and heartwarming and it's only lasted one season it it does end in a pretty good place so don't worry about that but I heartily recommend for people yeah. who are fans of the Voltron and all those kinds of of shows. Uh, that symbionic titan is a uh, is a is a must watch. <laughs> Don't read the Latin. Come for the horror. Stay for the general nerdiness and children's yep. <laughs> children's fair because there's a child in my life and 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 we're children at heart. <laughs> so um, on you know very quick notice, uh, uh, knowing that Rice wasn't going to be able to make it out tonight, we were like, what could we do fairly easily? And um, a discussion that uh, I've been having online with with people was, what are you looking forward to coming out in 2020? Um, and there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good or stuff. Or at least good looking stuff. Yeah, we'll <laughs> find out. Uh, the two things that I'm going to bring up right away are the two uh, TV fair portions that are going to be coming out. Uh, the Haunting um, of Hill House is getting a sequel mm-hmm. called The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a take on the turn of the screw. Right. Uh, and I will just, it's, you know, I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. And then also the first trailer for uh, the Lock and Key mm-hmm. television show just dropped. Yeah, I watched that and today. I haven't watched it yet. Um, it looks good. I know. I, good. I, I had no qualms that it wasn't going to be quality. Um, and I'm actually kind of glad that they're turning it into a TV show because occasionally when I'm reading things and if it's hard and heartbreaking content sometimes it's just a little too difficult for me and then it's it was like I, I hated reading Game of Thrones because it was just too much but yeah. like seeing it condensed down into a series like I really enjoyed most of that story and I'm kind of hoping that because I only made it through the first couple of books of the graphic novels and yes. then it got to be just too heavy for me it it gets dark yeah uh, so, dark and dire Ed, over the course of those graphic novels um, and uh, this this looks this looks good and it looks like they're basically 
I, don't, I didn't see any condensing in the, the trailer. Yeah. It looks like this first season's going to cover, like, maybe the first book, maybe two, but, yeah. like, the first little chunk. There's enough they're, there. For they're planning on going the distance on fantastic. this one. So, uh, so Jim, I'm just going to let you shoot off first. What are you looking forward to in 2020? So, uh, I'm going to kind of go, uh, one of the best lists that I found to, <laughs> to be able to, like, remind myself what's coming out uh, yeah. goes in chronological order sure so i'm gonna I say mean, no particular order on for, first off here in january it's like a birthday present to me uh is underwater oh yes uh i i love aquatic horror so uh you know when you when you throw i mean one year they threw cloverfield at me as my uh, birthday present and that was pretty cool uh and this year they're apparently throwing underwater at me for some underwater is, monster movie what is that young woman's name that i keep forgetting her name uh, the one who's in the Twilight films. Uh, I can you know, I see. Up. She was in. She was in Charlie's Kristen, Angels. Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart has made some really, really interesting. I'm really sad that I did not see Charlie's Angels in the theater. Um, it was just at the point where we had gotten everything in the house, but we were living surrounded by boxes and. I'm crazy, and until the house had been turned into a home, like, I couldn't go anywhere. Um, and sadly, it left theaters really quickly. Uh, again, it was just another one of those movies that I, in personal opinion, feel feel that it got review-bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'll get to, I'll either get to confirm or, you know, deny on how I feel about whether or not that was deserved when I do see it when it comes out on VOD. Um, but she did... Uh, uh, personal shopper mm-hmm. a couple of years ago which was quiet and nuanced and creepy and mm-hmm. awesome like she's making really really interesting choices and i hate seeing her and robert patterson reduced to being the twilight, twilight actors yeah. yeah because they're making great choices and i'm sorry like with twilight <laughs> like with well i'm sorry you you're the one who suggested this and then i'm talking over it's you. okay um like, I don't shit on actors for taking movies where they get paid. I don't shit. I, I used to get really angry when I would see musicians' music used in commercials. And now I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fucking grown-up. Get paid, bitches. Get paid. Like, if you can take that that big budget movie that's going to pay you through the nose so that you can do something else that you enjoy. Steve Martin was huge for that. He would take a I got paid movie and then he'd do this weird independent movie. Like I just I don't know, the idea of selling out anymore. I'm just too much of a fucking grown up. Like just get fucking paid. Pay your bills. Keep working, keep, keep yourself working. in front of the you know in people's minds. Keep doing shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I just uh, so the only thing that makes me uh, nervous about this is, is that Underwater was made three years ago. Oh, they've been sitting on it? Yeah, they've been sitting on it, and it finally they, they put it together. I think part of it was because T.J. Miller's in it, and T.J. Miller was a little uh, radioactive for a yeah, little for while. A little he kind of um, still is. And, but... Oh, no, he's still, he's still toxic, but he yeah. was radioactive before yeah. where they didn't want. So they probably didn't release it then, but now they're doing it, so... Hopefully, you know, but it's in January, which is kind of a dumping ground sometimes. It January, really February. is. January and February is really hard on, on horror. So. Well, speaking of movies that sit and languish on the shelf for a really long time, and, and who knows, maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't. 
New Mutants oh, is, is in theory coming out this year. So looking it, forward to it. But it was supposed to come out the year before and last year. Yep. And now this year. Yep. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. And and the thing is, is any other movie other than a X-Men style or X-Men universe movie, had it sat on the shelf this long, I think it'd just be dead in the water. I think it's just that it has Maisie. Maybe. And it's part of this universe that they keep trying to find a way. It's just now that Disney owns all of this stuff, yeah, um, it's it's impossible to say exactly why they're doing it. Are they just deciding that they're going to do a you know recoup their 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 budget? Are they going to uh, you know just just are they releasing it because they're going to try and revitalize the X Men? Nobody really knows, but what. I will say in its that, that makes me look forward to it is that the secret of all of the Marvel Universe movies is that when they made the Marvel Cinematic Universe, none of those films are a superhero movie. I mean, the Avengers is, but that's, you know, their big blockbuster. But every other movie is a genre movie with superheroes in it. It's a space opera with superheroes in it. It's a spy movie with superheroes in it. It's this, you know, they're, they're, they're all the, the secret of their success is to not make superhero movies. Yeah. And new mutants is not a superhero movie. It's a horror movie that has superheroes in it. So I've, you know, me and my friends have kind of nerded out about it a little bit. We've kind of looked at things and been like, I wonder if that's that thing from X-Men. I wonder if that's that thing. And we've kind of gone over it and we're excited. We're hoping uh, that it's going to be a solid movie. Yeah. But we don't know. But hopefully. So, um, <laughs> I am going to jump um, straight through to something I'm really excited about that I think is coming out fairly quickly is Promising Young Woman with uh, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, basically, it's a uh, kind of a thriller slash horror, um, and she is uh, a young woman who is kind of leading this double life um, where she is a kind of, um, they use the line, you know, righting wrongs from the past. She's kind of getting her revenge on men that hurt her in some way in the past, and, and it just looks biting and... Mm-hmm. and creepy and frightening yep <laughs> in a really interesting way uh, we saw the one trailer I don't remember what we went to see in the theater Frozen 2 how was that <laughs> it, we it did but it wasn't in it front was of Black that. Christmas it was oh it was in front of Black Christmas yeah it was like how, what were we watching when we saw the trailer for this um, but it looks really good yeah so I've heard good things on the uh, on the grapevine yeah um Chronologically, the next one that uh, I'm looking forward to, it's, you know, it might be bad. Again, it's January, so we're still in January. Um, but it will be the first of two Turning of the Screws because the movie The Turning is coming out. And that looks creepy. It looks it really looks creepy. So creepy. If nothing else, I think it's going to have some really good creepy moments and some good visuals in it, yeah. if nothing else. And I, yeah. I think it's going to have strong performances. Will it come together as a movie? I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, if you end up seeing that and end up seeing The Haunting of Blind Manor, then you go back and you watch The Innocence, which is the original 
cinematic telling of the turn of the screw and it's just with deborah kerr and it's just amazing the children performances are amazing it's frightening and uncomfortable um and i just i love that they're telling new stories that are you know rather than just doing remake after remake they're telling n- new, new versions, versions of, of it that of are story. that are different enough to inspired both. by yeah you know, yeah yeah so no i'm really excited about that so what's your next one? i'm gonna let you go through your list because if you're doing it chronologically we can okay so things off. i'm just gonna give a brief brief thing i don't know how wide of a release this movie is gonna get uh-huh. but uh, apparently nick cage is gonna be in a uh, movie version of color out of space the hp lovecraft which people are losing their shit about this yeah you know they're they're talking about that but it's you know cage is gonna probably be bonkers in it and color of space is kind of a bonkers if you've seen Creep Show, the Stephen King part of it, it's kind of color out of space, kind yeah. of, kind of. It's the same inspiration, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's Nick Cage, so it's gonna be a little weird. It's really hard because I really disliked Nick Cage for most of his cinematic career until there was like three movies that I've seen him in that I absolutely loved him in. Ghost Rider. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> uh, but I and and now that he is, he's just completely and utterly doing his own thing and doing really interesting movies. But I just they're not my bag. I don't mm-hmm. know. But but he's doing really interesting, different things. And I don't know if it's a situation where you know he's just going to be that that star that always says yes. I don't know. Does he still owe tax money? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Um, his his stuff typically isn't my jam, but I'm glad he's out there doing it and making lots and lots of people happy. Yep. So what's next? End of the month. Uh, a movie that you're more interested in than I am. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it up. It's Gretel and Hansel. Oh, my God. Oz Perkins. I love him so I love him so. Uh, this is the director of Black Coat's Daughter, and um, I am the girl, what is it? I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. I always have to write the whole thing down or else I'll mess it up. Um, he is a slow burn, creepy, and it is like the biggest thing he's done. It looks like the biggest. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a. Monetarily. Big, it's got a, a decent budget to it, or at least they're using the budget that well, they have really well. Yeah. Um, it's got Alice Krieg oh. is the witch. Uh, she looks great. And frankly, from the and trailer. And uh, the, the redheaded girl from It. Yep. Yep. Those those kid actors from It, they're, they're hot business so right now. So fucking amazing. Um, and, uh, but uh, uh, it also from the trailers, it looks like it's a uh, woman comes into her dark powers kind of movie. So I know it's going to be right up your alley. Right up my alley. Yep. So I, I think... While I'm not excited about it, because it's, <laughs> I've it's got like, enough okay, excitement for the both. Of us. I think I think you're you're totally down for it. Um, beginning of February, <laughs> the Lodge. The Lodge I, is they were going to release it last year, mm-hmm. and I think they actually did do a theater or two release of it, and then immediately pulled it back. Um, I'm still really excited about it because it completely looks like my jam. Yeah, um, it's a. Uh, uh, Guy and his girlfriend, they, yeah. they go out I, or with they his might kids. even be recently married. married she might maybe. actually be his, their stepmom with the two kids, and then he has to leave. Yeah, he leaves them. They go out to a, and to out a, a, snowy a, cow, a cabin, yeah, the world, you know, cabin wilderness. in the woods, yeah, uh, with like an ice lake in front mm-hmm. of it. And they go out there, and he has to leave, and she's and like, I'll stay with him. It's fine, I can handle this. 
<clears throat> um, and things start going wrong. And I have a feeling it's like, who can you trust? Yeah. Because uh, the, the, the trailer starts talking about, like, she's the survivor of a cult. Yeah. And there's weird cult stuff that maybe the cult still exists. Or I, I kind of also get the feeling that maybe it's her. Yeah. That she's just a maybe little bonkers. Maybe the kids are evil. Or maybe the kids are, like, fucking with her. I don't know. But I, I don't mean <laughs> So many options. It looked, the, the trailer made me uh, interested in it. Uh, next up, in the middle of February is a movie that I didn't know about until today, but I am totally in for, is a movie called After Midnight. I haven't even heard about this. After Midnight is one that you will absolutely be in on because it's the people from The Battery and Endless, and they are making a new horror movie this year. Huh. Yeah. It's one of the actors from Uh, The Battery. I saw the name um, Synchronic. I don't know about that one, but... Because uh, that is Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, which is Resolution it, Spring and The Endless. Right. That, that might be in the, in the... It might have gotten renamed. Right. But it's the, this movie is not set in turn, that turn, universe. Turn, turn the thing. It's not set in this universe, but it's the writer mm-hmm. from it. It's being produced by, one, by the other actor. One of the actors is in it. One of the actors... This guy is from The Battery. He was Ben in The Battery. Hmm. But it's the same... Same general crew of people making yeah. this movie, and what it's what it is is it's a the trailer's really weird, of course, because <laughs> I mean if you've seen the endless or or any of those, it's like oh it's a weird trailer, who knew? Um, but this guy has a girlfriend, and the girlfriend leaves, uh-huh. and after she leaves, a monster comes out of the woods, and it happens <laughs> at night. And I couldn't get the impression in the trailer, like, he kind of talks to, like, her brother, who's the sheriff, and he's uh-huh. like, you just tell your sister to come home. Like, maybe she's gone for a while, but then she's in it partway through it, so I'm not really oh, sure. Oh, no, how- this doesn't have anything to do with um, the resolution in Endless People. It is, but it is Jeremy Gardner who did The Battery. Um, he is actually the director as well as starring in it. Justin Benson is... He's um, one of the actors. He's from one the of Endless. the actors. And the other actor from from uh, Endless in those movies is one of the producers. Okay. Ah, so like I said, it's the same crew, general okay. crew. Okay. It's just because uh, Benson and... Um, uh, Benson and uh, Moorhead have their own film that is yeah. coming out this year yeah, called uh, Synchronic. Right. Which so, I, might be a, con- a continuation of, of that universe that and universe. that sort of thing. Might, maybe or might not. Maybe. Unless nobody but knew. yeah, this, no, this one isn't attached to that. It's just that general crew of people yeah, making another awesome. movie. Which I didn't is even good know because that was coming out. that's cool. But yeah, so he's, is the monster her? Like, because she disappears and it's like, because Clark Kent leaves and then Superman comes, you know, is, is that it? Is it unrelated? Is it something else? I don't know. But it's got a monster in it. Yeah. And it's from a group, group of people that I like their stuff. Yeah. So I'm down with it. Exactly. Uh, also, that uh, same time of the month, uh, Fantasy Island. So I, okay. I'm, is it okay that you like say titles and then I just start piping yeah. in with a bunch of shit that I know about it? So I got pretty ticked off when people are like, oh, great, they're going to do this edgelord dark version of, of Fantasy Island. And I'm like, oh, you fuckers never watched the original Fantasy Island. I saw a take on like that on Cinema Blend, like Cinema Blend, like, you know, not See, it's, it's all everybody remembers bait, the last couple of seasons of Fantasy Island where it was utterly farcical Lo- it ridiculousness. It was love boat kind of it was, stuff. It yeah. was love boat with fantasies. The first season or two of Fantasy Island is f- fucking 
terrifying and gutting and horrible. Like, people come to Fantasy Island expecting, you know, they're going to get their lays, they're going to be able to, like, have their little fantasy life. And, and Rourke just bitch slaps them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's terrifying they don't remember no they don't know no they don't they don't <laughs> recall that they then and, and because they also they, they probably never watched it they're just aware of the show uh-huh. and of what it was <laughs> that it ended up as which is the thing that the, people remember people mm-hmm. remember the last few seasons they don't mm-hmm. you know because that's when it got popular mm-hmm. was that it was in those last ones uh towards the end of february um uh, I didn't even know that they made a sequel to this, but it's uh, The Boy 2. Yeah, Brahms. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked the first one okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> this one, but, you know, uh, also at the end of the that month is uh, The New Invisible Man. I don't know that I'm looking forward to that, but maybe I am, because it could be good, but it's it looks late. really triggering it does i i don't i really want to watch it except it looks really super upsetting to me um but it's lee Wanell, who he is turning into quite the director on his own um and so i'm definitely i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and maybe i'll have to leave because it it's it is just it is literally uh gaslighting and abuse Mm -hmm. and and horribleness um yeah. Speaking of which, like, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but part of me wants to finish Gaslight. And I'll watch, like, I'll watch 10 minutes and I'm like, yeah, can't, yeah, can't, can't watch this. Can't, can't do it. No, take it out. All right. Sorry. So I don't know. My hopes, my hopes aren't really high, but I'm going to try. Yeah. It's got Elizabeth <laughs> Moss in it. So Jeez. she's God been damn, doing some really good so stuff. amazing. I wish I could watch The Handmaiding again. Yep. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, End of March, A Quiet Place Part 2. Yep. This Quiet Place was awesome. It truly was. This is probably going to be awesome. Uh, We move on into another little one uh, in April. Mm -hmm. April has a movie called Antlers. I have only watched the trailer for that really recently, and it looks creepy as hell. It does. Uh, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. So, you know, yeah. It's written, it's yeah. based on a short story by one of the guys who did Channel Zero. Oh. Uh, but basically, it's it looks like it's, I think it's a Wendigo story, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a kid. He gets roadkill or if he comes across a wounded animal he he finishes it off or he traps animals too and he takes them up into his attic where a thing is chained up that he's feeding and then it breaks loose one day like it it gets out and goes on a murder spree and yeah so (laughs) uh, that's it, it really didn't say much more than that like what's in the trailer but just basically like yeah this kid is keeping this thing and then it gets loose and yeah, murder starts happening. So, but I think it's from what it's called antlers and that it's a humanoid looking creature. I think it's probably a Wendigo story. Yeah. So it's going to have some cannibalism. It's going to have whatever, but yeah, it's uh that looks solid and you know, it's Guillermo de Toro. So even producing, even yeah. just producing it, like, you know, he's, he's going to have yeah. some good input on that one. So that'll be fun. Uh, one that I know very little about. We saw the trailer for it in front of black Christmas. Uh, at the end of April, Antebellum. Antebellum, I'm excited about. I Gen- Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Uh, I am 
It is a modern day woman who gets pulled back into the antebellum South. Yes. And I don't know. That's that's ripe for nightmares, right? It there. is. No, that's and it's it's horrible. And uh, but it's it, it's weird. And yeah, I it. I'm always a time travel person, oh, you know yeah. that sort of thing. So I'm oh, yeah. I'm down for it. It yeah, just it. But I don't know anything about it other than like, like what that. you literally just said. So yeah. it's like, hopefully it's a quality movie. I'm sure it will. But be. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in June, Candyman. <laughs> They're making another Candyman. Except it's you know it's it's a uh, it's uh, Jordan Peele. It's Jordan Peele. So, yeah. Produced yeah. and co-wrote. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Tony Todd's going to be in it. So yeah. Candyman, I'm down. Let's do this thing. Exactly. Let's, you know, Candyman for its time was, oh, was, 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 Rose. Yeah, mean, it was, it was, it was out of the, it was, uh, much like Hudson Hawk. It was ahead of its time. It was doing something yeah. that they, people hadn't really done before, you know, namely a black centered horror movie. Um, it lost its footing. A little ways. There were some, mm. some weird discrepancies in it. Like, it's why those, is this happening? Yeah, and what's it's one going of those on? that I hold pretty high and pretty high esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it might not be as deserved because it's, you know, I, I hold it up to how I felt about it the very first time I saw it. Sure. Um, but yeah. But no, it's, I mean, it's still, it's a good movie. Oh, There's yeah. just a couple of parts where you're just kind of like, huh. really? That's an interesting choice. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, with Jordan Peele behind it, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Um, you know, Ghostbusters is coming out, which should be fun. I hope. But yeah, I haven't even watched the trailer for it. I definitely want to give it a shot. It's just this revisionist idea of, well, now we're going to make a real Ghostbusters sequel. Yeah, is kind of irritates me. But you know, if it's if it's good and fun, and I don't care. Yep. Uh, I had no idea that apparently Marvel made. A Morbius movie? Me either. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, which is really like, okay, yeah, that's that's a thing. It's got Jared Leto in it as the main character. Morbius is the living vampire. Uh, Morbius is a character that was invented when the comic code came out. Yeah. Because you couldn't do, under the comic code, you couldn't do horror comics. You couldn't have oh, vampires yeah. Yeah. and all these sorts of things. So they created Morbius, the living vampire. Okay. He's not really a vampire, but he does drain the blood from people because he's he's a vampire. He's just not dead. Um, well, that's better. And he has all the other vampire <laughs> powers, except, you know, he's just a, basically a basically like the Punisher with fangs. Um, but uh, and that's what this movie is going to be. Is Did the, you see the rumors that they're thinking about? Uh, doing a Punisher movie with John. Yes, though, and and I've seen other rumors that they're just talking about doing a Disney Plus show huh? where it's the the Punisher where he teams up with other characters or superheroes, which is leading people to wonder because they've been making some rounds and some some stuff where people are maybe hinting that they are getting in contact with the old Defenders actors and saying, hey. Daredevil, how you doing, buddy? Let's uh, let's do another thing, you know. So uh, who oh. knows if they're going to want to go back to it? Some of those things, are, yeah. But, but I would they, love to see those shows continue. I want to see Luke Cage. I'd like to see one more season of Luke Cage. I don't know about most of those other shows, but if they yeah. if they did another season of Luke Cage, or they just did a Punisher thing where he teams up with various characters and yeah. they introduce other, I'm down for that. I think yeah, Punisher was a solid show too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Morbius, I, I, that's feels like it's going to be a Dolph Lundgren Punisher slash 
you know, Captain America back in the 90s where Red Skull was an Italian fascist. Not really <laughs> sure why they made that choice. Um, so September uh, becomes awesome because Conjuring 3. I, of course, you know, we... <laughs> We we just showed Annabelle Comes Home, where as the movie ends, you know, all of a sudden, uh, um, Ed and Lorraine pop up on the screen, the real pictures, and, and you and I in unison reach up and flip them off because yep. fictional. Fictional Ed, Ed and Lorraine. Lorraine. I just want to hug, hug them. They're a delight. I, 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 I want to, I love them so much. Real Ed and Lorraine, fucking shit stains. Yep. Just Terrible people. Also, awful fucking people. Um, and this is, this is something that I didn't bring up at the the end of uh, watching Annabelle is just that like most of the time and it's 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 also the kind of the way I think from what I was watching in Evil too like both of them are very Christian horror movies yeah. everything is rooted very strongly in Christianity that yeah they're doing exorcisms the power of God is there etc. The Conjuring, and also, like I said, to a lesser extent, Evil, even though they're very steeped in, like, Catholicism or very uh, other uh, Christian uh, mythos, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it because it's never, like, put in your face. It isn't, and it it never feels like a proselytization. It feels like, this is this thing that's very cherished to me, and, and why I do what I do, rather than, and why you should do what right. I do. And and it also it's <laughs> it's basically kind of like magic, you yeah. know that because obviously they God do, exists. They because, do they do Jesus magic. Yes, they are. Uh, they're they're casting their, uh, uh, their water into wine cantrip. Uh, rest for eight hours, and then you can cast it again. Um, <laughs> Oh, this is why horror fans have a bad name. But it it just, it doesn't, it's never, it doesn't bother me in the way that like some other stuff where it's like really heavy handed about it. It's just, yeah, it exists. Yeah, it's magic. It's a a religious story that exists in a world where we're getting like weird Jesus movies that are are terrifying in a way that Conjuring isn't. No, no, it's... (laughs) I mean, you, you, you're going to have if if you had the Christian demons, then I guess the Christian God can be a counterbalance to that. Exactly. Uh, so, Conjuring Three. I, Juan I, I am I'm a little little less fond of the uh, the byline of the film. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. <laughs> well, I guess it's supposed to be the the story of the the first the guy who was the first person to ever use that as his mm, criminal defense. Okay. I would like to see the wrap up of them doing their own. Amityville mm-hmm. because they they play around it all the time they do they, they refer honestly, to it you know I didn't think they were going to be able to do it because they had a very le- legitimate lawsuit against them mm-hmm. uh, that was backed up with you know actual signatures of someone else that had the right and the rights to telling Ed and Lorraine's stories so you know I, I haven't like read much since that being they were like no this might kill the conjuring verse yeah or at least the conjuring movies they can still do everything else else. that's why they've been probably why they've been doing Doing a lot of other things yeah um i don't know i need to read up on what what brought that on so uh Uh, where that resolved itself james wan isn't at the helm of this one but the person who is is the guy who did curse of la llorona oh nice 
Nice. So uh, Juan's producing, so he's still got a hand, and I, I think he did a little writing for it and everything yeah. like that. But uh, so Curse of La Llorona was really fun. Yeah, I, I have good expectations have, yeah, for this. Exactly. Uh, in also in September, a movie from Edgar Wright. Last called, night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Very uh, little about this movie is known. Yeah, stuff's only coming out where they're getting like even even little details in it. It's a, a joy. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, who, honestly, if she... I'm, I'm going to watch her films. Outside of, you know... <laughs> outside of, you know, Glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, apparently but it's a I time love, travel movie. I love the stuff that she does. So, yeah, I definitely want to give it a shot. And uh, and it's Edgar Wright, so I'm, I'm good You're for there. it. You're um, there, yeah. But, yeah, it's a, apparently it's a time travel. She goes back to the 60s, meets... Uh, a, a singer that she really likes, and uh, that's back in that time, and uh, uh, and apparently because she meets this singer, uh, the timelines start uh, start altering. Like she starts altering her her present. In October, apparently they're remaking the witches. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. That's weird. I've been hearing about it. I just haven't been looking very far into it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll Hopefully see. Hopefully it's awesome. Um, so uh, then the other, only other two that uh, I'm really big on, uh, also in October and more importantly in October, Halloween Kills. Yeah. Totally in for that. Halloween, the, the, the last Halloween one they did blast. was so good. Uh, this and is a direct continuation. And they've actually filmed the second and third back to back. So, yeah. So. so probably next year we get another the yep. Halloween's Dead. Th- whatever it's, they call the third one, it's, it's it is something like that. <laughs> Lori Strode says, "Peace out, deuces, deuces, bitches." And then the final one that I'm I'm really looking forward to, uh, and please please let this one be at least at least fun. Uh, in November, we get Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I hope. Baby. I hope. I hope. You know, I'd like it to at least be as fun as Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. With horribly, ho- hopefully, a little le- less assholey. Yeah, well, hopefully character. the protagonist is yeah. uh, is not as... Uh... The next one is Halloween Ends. So Halloween, Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends. Meh. Yep. That's, that's, that stinks to me of, of very much, you know final chapter it never is it's never the final chapter well i think it's going to be the final chapter in that you're not going to close the door on the whole idea of jamie lee curtis as laurie strode it is yeah uh i think they're they're pretty much done with that Um, yeah i honestly loved halloween knives out (laughs) speaking of so they they have gotten approval to do a knives out sequel yes which I mean, it's too bad. Sign me up. It's too bad that after all of the bad mouthing that Ryan Johnson got over Last Jedi, it's really too bad that his career just went nowhere after that. <laughs> it's well, you know, I mean, he had to recover from was it the highest grossing or second highest grossing film in the franchise? Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it took a while. It did to recover from that and to get his name, his good name back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it. it if only it was critically, his next movie was critically acclaimed, made a whole bunch of money, and 
was very popular amongst everybody who watched it. I mean, yeah. if, if only well, that could have happened. If only that happened, instead I, of this, this horrible monstrosity yeah. that he yes. put out. Yeah. <laughs> if only... If only he had the wisdom to seek out the writer of Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I think I think his career could have been very different. I know. How how will he recover? So, we've got a lot of really good stuff. And the thing that really excites me is you know, yeah, I don't have anything else on there. <laughs> Everything is crossed off. Um so, what is re- No, I'm not I'm I was just that. you were talking mm-hmm. about that other mm-hmm. Movie, the what was it? Uh, Synchronic. Synchronic, yes. It is. To... It is directed by um, uh, Moorhead and Benson, uh, the directors of Resolution Spring and The Endless. And you don't know if it's in the universe, but we didn't know Endless was in the universe. So, and it looks knows? like it's got the Falcon. Does it? It, it looks that way because I've got this. I did oh, pull up one still, and it looks look like it's got the Falcon. That. Anthony Mackie. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, two paramedics, and who knows? It's going to be all kind. Of, I'm, I'm just in. I, yeah. I am in for whatever they make. Let's do it. But what I was going to say is, you know, we have this broad swath of of movies that are, you know, they're known. They're coming out. They're prepping for when stuff is going to come out, and it all looks really good. I'm really excited for the coming year in horror. But what I'm really excited about is. And it's it's both good and bad that things just get dropped on Hulu and on Netflix and on Amazon Prime. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the times there's very, very little, um, you know, uh, not that I'm singing the praises of it, but um, the Suska sisters dropped their rabid movie. And it just I think it's on Amazon Prime or, or Hulu right now. And there was no talk. I mean, there was a lot of talk about it being made because it was a Cronenberg uh, uh, remake. But it's just there. And, you know, uh, you know, Netflix dropped uh, Atlantics and The Perfection and last year. And Hulu had, you know, a bunch of the... Holiday it, horror. The, the holiday things. horror, the After Dark. I can't remember what it was called. But, you know, they were, they were doing a horror movie once a month. And... You know, here's what we have that we know is coming. It looks really good. My hopes are high. But there could be a million other movies coming out there that we don't even know are in the pipeline. And they're just going to get dropped out there. And it's sad that it has to be word of mouth mm-hmm. uh, to find a lot of these. But, you know, it. <laughs> I remember when Trump came into office and everybody was like, well, we're going to get a lot of good, really good horror. <laughs> Speaking of, there's another Purge movie coming out this year. Apparently. Oh yeah, there is a Purge five coming out this year. Yeah. And you know, I've liked the uh, I've liked the sequels a lot more than I like the original. Yep. Um, we'll see. They've kind of gotten more action than, than than horror, but I don't care as long as you know. I've I've really liked the last two. I've the, really the, liked both of them. It's the Fast and the Furious trajectory. It kind of is. But you know, I'm just you know. I I love being a horror fan and mm-hmm. and I'm really excited for what's out there and it it does feel like uh horror is becoming more niche than it was that it, there's like yeah. I mean like it's becoming a little more socially acceptable to be a horror fan and yet like you're not seeing like big marketing campaigns for a lot yeah. of these movies but I think honestly like Quiet Place was big business. It Quiet was. Place did well. And 
Quiet Place 2 is coming out, and sequels typically, if the movie, the first movie was well received, sequels will do better. Even if the movie, first movie wasn't good, people will still go see sequels for some reason. But uh, the second one, you put some trailers for horror movies in front of that to get them word of mouth, and maybe yeah. it starts to snowball. People are like, I liked Quiet Place, maybe I'll we watch living, one of these. We are living in a world where Hereditary and Midsummer exist. I mean, they are the craziest art house, strange horror films. And they're just, they're getting big budget releases. And <laughs> like, I have no complaints. Um, yeah, I mean, I think even even if we do start getting more like weird big budget horror, like the underground stuff is still always going to exist because it is still seen as kind of this ugly stepchild of real cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying for for like what you're talking about, where there's like this stuff just kind of drops in there does. without any yeah. notification or anything, and it can be wonderful. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's used as a trash dumping ground. Um, what was the uh, the parallax or uh, the the one that dropped on Netflix the day of the Super Bowl and it was the uh, oh it was uh, it was Cloverfield the Cloverfield spinoff paradox or something pa- the the something or other paradox or whatever and it was just a fucking garbage fire yeah but you know it's like no <laughs> you know but you know it's like and then you see things like in the tall grass I mean I don't know I don't know what my point is here it's other than there's really interesting stuff still rolling out and, and I'm here, I'm here for it. So mm. anyway, we'll see, we'll see what 2020 brings. Yeah. Well, it seems like pretty much, well, especially in these early months, these early months, uh, the, the, the dumping ground for horror, which why isn't the dumping ground for horror October? Um, I know. Why, why are there not like a the, zillion choices in October? Seems like than, that's the time to throw that two. stuff in there. You know, if the, <laughs> well, that's when we're getting, you know, early holiday movies and late summer movies. No, it's, kick it's, them out. That's horror it month. It's really weird how, how reticent they are to, to put a lot of horror yeah, out Yeah, you had the October. Saw franchise went through there, which I guess there's another one. Year. But, uh, but yeah, yeah they're they're but uh, <laughs> they did that, and now they're doing you know for the little bit here Halloween movies you know yeah. in October. But yeah, why they don't just put that as the dumping ground? Because it's like it's a, it's Halloween. Throw month. it out Let, there, people are gonna go see it. Let's let's go see I a spooky think, movie. Put one out every week, even if they throw out, people are gonna go watch a horror I movie. I think the reason why they don't is because as soon as October ends then they, they think, well, people will just stop going to scary movies. So you basically only have October. Right. So. <laughs> well, even if you get, you know, one good week, that's all you're probably counting on in February and January <laughs> is one good week. So. All right. Let's end this. Uh, what I was going to say is just it seems like it's a good, that there's a good spread. Yeah. Throughout the year. Throughout so. the whole year. So hopefully we won't have like big drive. Nah. I don't think so. Nothing happened, periods. All right. Well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining me, handsome husband Jim, and my you know, pleasure on on very little notice. <laughs> All right, and you guys have a good two weeks. Um, uh, actually, there is going to be it's going to be a three week wait for the next one because handsome handsome husband Jim is just an absolute fucking jackass, and he is going off to Las Vegas by himself. You had the choice. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't want to watch me play Warhammer. Warhammer. I know. What was I thinking? Um, so in three weeks, we're going to record the best of the decade. Um, 
So we're going to do a top 10 for the last, uh, basically 2010 on, which is actually only nine years because people always seem really confused on how how decades actually fall. Um, so a best of a decade should actually be at the end of this year. Yes. But people don't understand that. No. It's like, oh, it's 2020. It's a new decade. No, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But Another the year. mental space is there for people. Yeah. So there so. you go. We're just, you know, we're going to roll with it. Yep. <laughs> so in th- see you in three weeks. Have a good time, guys. Rise of Skywalker sucks. Bye. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>